Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. We're so glad that you're with us this morning at Grace Summit Church in person and online. If we can, throw up the QR code real quick uh, on video and uh, in the house. Uh, this is our QR code. If this is your first, your second, your third time with us, uh, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, and of course, you can tell that was written by a Southerner because it says joining. Can I have an amen? We don't join in, we are joining. We're going to be driving, we're going to be living. And so thank you for joining us. And uh, so take a moment, if you will, if this is your first, second, or third time, and uh, I use that. There's also a connection card in front of you if you are in person, and we bless you, and thank you for being with us. And so everybody stand up with me. Today we uh, uh, just gonna worship the Lord, be thankful for him. Can I have an amen? Who in here knows many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver us out of them all. Uh, uh, I want to say this right now. If you're going through anything in your life, you're in good company because everybody's always going through something in their life. Satan loves to tell us that you're the only one, that you know, you're either the greatest or the best or Satan hates you the most or whatever. It's just a lie. Satan hates everybody because he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life, have it more abundantly, and you're in good company. You know why? Because Jesus was buffeted every day on his life on this earth. But he did it without sin, he did it victorious, and he said we can do it too, amen? So hey, we might be buffeted, we might be kicked, we might be whatever, but we're gonna make it, we're gonna overcome, and we're gonna succeed and win. Can I have an amen? So I, I wanna, if you will, <laughs> somebody's waving at me. Uh, so if you will, um, join hands with somebody beside you. Let's just open up with prayer, and we'll just enter into worship. Father, we thank you so much today that this is your day. We thank you, Father, that this is the day you have made, and we will rejoice, and we will be glad in it, because you are king, you are supreme, you are our mighty God. And so, Father, today, we ask you that you would... Um, use this service to minister to people here and online. We thank you, Father, for everyone who's a part online every week, whether it be at this very moment or later in the week. We thank you, Father, right now that your word goes forth. And Father, we ask you and we humbly beseech you, Father, by your mercy, that you would touch people today, that you would change their life, that you would open their eyes, you would heal their hearts, that you would give them a, a glimpse into the greatness of who you are and all the great things you have for their life. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you that today is your day and we will worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. God's good, amen? He's a good God, amen? Amen. Start off this morning, we're gonna bring up the tempo and party a little because he's good, amen? Amen, let's bring him praise. Wandering into the night in Jesus' name. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting. A vagabond and just when I let sing this out, just when I ran out of room. 
road I met a man I didn't know And he told me that I was not alone He picked me up, turned me around And placed my feet on solid ground I thank the Master, I thank the Savior Because you healed my heart, changed my name Forever free, I'm not the same I thank the Master, I thank the Savior I thank God, He's a good God, amen Woo! Let's sing this out, I cannot deny I cannot deny what I've seen Got no choice but to believe are burning Woo! like ashes in the wind through sand so long so so long to my old friends burden and bitterness you can just keep them moving you ain't welcome here from now till I Woo! from now till I walk streets of gold I'll sing of how you saved my soul wayward child has found its way back home picked me up turned me around you placed my feet on the solid ground i thank the master i thank the savior because you healed my heart you changed my name forever free i'm not the same i thank the master the Savior, I thank God. Let's sing that one more time. Heal my heart, change my name, forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because you healed my heart. You changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I think let's sing that again. Cause you picked me up, turned me around. You placed my feet on the solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. Cause you healed my heart. You changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I the Savior, I thank God. He's good, amen? Let's sing this one more time in Jesus' name because he's picked us up and turned our whole lives around through his blood in Jesus' name. You picked me up, turned me around, and placed my feet on the solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior because you healed my heart. Change my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. Amen. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day today. We thank you for your goodness, for transforming our lives, for turning them around. And for the thousand hallelujahs we can sing to you. Who else would rocks cry out in worship? Whose glory taught the stars to shine? Perhaps creation longs 
to have the words to sing But this joy is mine With a thousand hallelujahs We magnify your name You alone deserve the glory The honor and the praise Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours A thousand hallelujahs to a thousand more Who else would die for our redemption? Whose resurrection means our rise? There isn't time enough to sing of all you've done But I have eternity to try With a thousand hallelujahs we magnify your name You alone deserve the glory, the honor and the praise Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours A thousand hallelujahs, a thousand more We thank you, God You're worthy of it all We won't let the rocks cry out Praise to the Lord, praise to the Lord, to the Lamb, to the King of Heaven, praise. For He rose, now He reigns, we will sing forever, praise to the we will to the Lamb, to the King of Heaven, praise. For He rose, yes He did. He reigns. We will sing forever. With a thousand hallelujahs, we by your name you alone deserve the glory the honor and the praise Lord Jesus this song is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs a thousand praise to the Lord to the to the King of Heaven, praise. For He rose, yes He did, now He reigns. We will sing forever. With a thousand hallelujahs, we magnify Your name. Glory, the honor and the praise, Lord 
Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs, a thousand. With a thousand hallelujahs, we magnify your name. You alone deserve the glory, the honor, and the praise. Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs, a thousand more, and a thousand more. You were good. Jesus' name. Let's sing his name this morning. You are the medicine. You are the medicine. The only cure for everything I feel within. Redeeming what was lost and all that could. Oh, this is a healing kind of love. Sorry to cut Molly off there. I like that song. All right, well, we're headed into prayer time. Wow, okay, headed into prayer time. Okay, much better. Here we go. Woo! It's like, hey, am I alone in here? The lights are in your face. You really can't tell sometimes. Well, we'll start off with a praise report. Uh, last Sunday, uh, uh, Lee and I weren't here. We were down at uh, uh, Fayette Piedmont. Uh, I talked to Lee on Saturday afternoon, and his words were a little garbled. And I was like, hmm, not the usual. Uh, so we had him checked out, and they admitted him. Uh, everything went beautiful, if you want to call it that. Uh, EMTs were great. Uh, they had him back in radiology doing a CAT scan before I even got there. I'm like, man, how fast did that ambulance drive, right? But I can't, I remember, oh yeah, I can't blow through the red lights like they can. So uh, it was great. They let him, they got him in, checked him out, and they called me Tuesday morning and said, come get him. We're kicking him out of the hospital. So amen. Here he is right there over there in the corner. All right. So good little speech therapy, which makes getting along with him a whole lot easier than it used to be. So don't, don't argue with me, right? That's, that's and we have, of course, we have um, Sherry Moore. Sherry was in the hospital. Sherry was out of the hospital. Sherry was in the hospital. Sherry had the MRI. MRI said, all good. So amen for that one, all right, because <laughs> Sherry does a lot. When I, whenever I see an attack like that on one of our members, Sherry does a lot behind the scenes, all right? And the devil goes, okay, fine. You wanna, you wanna play that game? I'm gonna, I'm gonna attack you where you're weakest. And this is where we're the weakest. You come at, you make us feel dizzy, lightheaded, blurry vision, chest pains, palpitate. Oh boy, our focus turns real quick. And that's where he jumps us, all right? So that's where we gotta stand and say, oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute there, hold one second there, devil. This belongs to the Lord, all right? The Lord lives here. 
This is the temple. This is a building. This is a temple of God. You can't attack this. It's illegal for you to attack, to me, attack the spirit-filled Christian. Because how can the spirit of God live inside you and the spirit of disease live inside you? That's, that's not, that's incompatible. So one's got to go. Guess who or what has to go? All right, so you're under attack this morning. Jesus lives in your heart. All right, we're going to cast out the infirmity because infirmity and the Lord cannot live in the same body. And the infirmity can't win because he is Lord overall. So come, elders, pastors, come down. steadfast everlasting father prince of peace Emmanuel God with us to hear with me wonderful counselor the government is resting on his shoulders Let's sing, you are the final, you are the final word. You alone decide when every page will turn. So I will trust your timing, I will rest secure. Oh, this is a steady kind of love. Oh. Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you're here with me. Wonderful Counselor, the government is resting on your shoulders. Yes, it is, Lord. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you're here with me. Wonderful Counselor, the government is resting on your shoulders. Say it. 
Let's just lift our hands up right now and just pray if you can. Father, we thank you right now and just worship him. We pray, we thank you. We give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor, Father. We thank you. We thank you without reservation, without hesitation. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your graciousness. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. Thank you for your anointing that's here right now. Thank you for your healing power that's here right now. Father, we just pray right now for anyone in-house or online who needs prayer for healing. All those in our church that have been under attack. Father, it seems that there's been a, quite a, a, a good attack right here lately against us as a church in different areas. We take authority over that. We command that attack to cease and desist. But regardless of whether it ceases and desists, we will always fight the battle. We will always push back. We will always fight and contend for the faith. And we will always be here. We are never going to shrink back from the promises of God and the declaration of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can I have an amen? So Father, right now we just stand before you resolute. We are your men and women. We are your, ch uh, your bride. We are your church. And Father, we stand firmly poised against the attack of the enemy and the forces of evil. And we will preach the gospel. We will be faithful and we will be just like Job. This I know, our Redeemer lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can I have it a good amen? Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Amen. Oh. Who in here knows the secret to success? Number one, you never give up. Number two, you always fight. And I'm just kind of making these up. But the third one is this one. When you are ready to stand forever, you usually stand very little. But you have to be willing to stand forever. Amen? I mean, you may be seated, praise God. Turn around, look at somebody and say, I believe God is good all the time, especially to me. Amen. And uh, most people don't believe that, but thank God he, he is. Hey, it's uh, offering time here at Grace Summit. I'm going to use one verse and then, uh, amen. Two happy people to give to the Lord. Amen. And a bunch of disgruntled people. But praise God. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, but he'll take it from a grumpy person anyway too. Amen. Um, it doesn't say that, but, but we say that, praise God. Um, Mark chapter 4, uh, I'm not going to read all this, uh, but if you read from 13 all the way down to 20, it's the story, the parable of the sower sows the word. It is what I consider one of the most important parables Jesus ever said, because he actually says, if you can understand this one, you can understand, there's several parables like that. If you can understand this, you can understand the kingdom. But with the kingdom always operates by seeds. Everything in life is a seed. Who in here wants to own, own their own business? Say amen. Who in here wants to be a millionaire? Say amen. Come on, Benny. Give me a better amen than that. I mean, I mean you're 18 years old. I mean, you've been a millionaire by the time you're 21 years old. Amen. And um, so, I mean, you know, everybody wants that. But who in here knows how you become one? It takes every day. You don't just wake up. Praise God, I got a million dollars. Not unless your dad's Jeff Bezos. And if your, dad, if your daddy's Jeff Bezos, you better be getting up with more than a million dollars. Can I have an amen? When your daddy worth billions, come on, daddy. Get off, the, get off the wallet. Help me out. But you have to sow to it every day. Who in here knows? Uh, my dad said one time, somebody told him, said, you need to go to college. He, this, he was like 17, 18. He said, I ain't going to college. That takes four years. He said, I realized in four years, I'm still going to be 22 years old. He said, why not be 22 years old with a degree? Because it takes one year at a time. Everything takes a seed. Everything in life is a seed. Everything takes time. And so right here, 
This says here, uh, these are the ones that are sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, hear it, and they produce 30-fold, 60 and 100. If we are good ground and we sow on good ground, we always have the right to expect growth. In fact, the kingdom's all about growth. My brother is a, uh, works for a power company and he's got a big job and he's got a big crew that work for him and I should say staff. It sounds like they're power guys. They're, these are software geek guys. Um, they're all IT guys. It's funny, my brother doesn't even have a college degree and everybody who works for him has a master's um, or at least a bachelor's. Most of them have a master's. And he tells me, he says, they're way smarter than I am. And he says, they'll come into his crew and uh, he actually has to poach them. He steals his employees from other departments because they don't want them because you know, they're, they're a bad employee. So he says, I'll take them if you'll give them to me because that's easier than trying to hire somebody outside. He says, they were already an employee. I'll just appropriate them. He never steals them in the kingdom. Can I have an amen? He loves Jesus. He serves God. So he's not stealing them. He's just, he's just you know, getting them. But he says, one of the first things he does is he sits down with them and has a conversation because these are IT guys. These are nerds. Can I have an amen? Everybody say, God bless nerdy people. Can I have an amen? Okay. If you're nerdy people, we love you in this church because I'm a nerdy person too. Okay. I just don't have tape right there. Okay. And um, he, um, he says, he'll sit them down. He'll say, now listen, he says, you have one job here. Well, what's that? Your job is not to do code. He said, your job, he tells him this, your job is not to, he goes, your job is to produce. And he says, when you get to where you don't produce at your job, and I determine what, you, what needs to be produced, he said, because we don't know what affects us. He says, it could be this department one day in his, that he runs, or it could be this. He said, but if it's that, and we gotta fix that, that's what we produce. He says, I don't ever wanna hear you complain because we're having to take you outside of your little zone. He goes, your job is to produce. He says, when you quit producing, you're a dead, now my brother's a, he actually leads worship at a church, he's a Christian, he's a minister, so he uses stuff like this. He says, your job is not to be a dead leaf on a tree, but to produce in this kingdom. He says, so when you quit producing is when I'm getting rid of you. And, he, and what's funny is he'll tell you real quick, he says, the moment they know those expectations, he says, they start flourishing. He says, he says, I'm telling you right now, he says, I actually have the leanest, most efficient department that he deals with. And one of his bosses, I think this is great, looked at him and he said, you're really doing too much with too little. He says, if you don't like start having problems, they're gonna pull your budget away and you won't have money next year because they're gonna expect you to do way more with a lot less. He goes, you need to have some crises every now and then. Schedule them in your time. Can I have an amen? Okay, you know, like Monday, power plant blows up. You know, whatever, okay, <laughs> just joking. So you have to plant and you have to produce. And so one of the things I wanna encourage you is, as we get ready to give is to produce. Be a producer in the kingdom and look at it that way. You are called to be a producer. Look at somebody and say, I produce. Now, uh, right before we give, I want to encourage everybody to, we're still doing this. Uh, we started a couple weeks back doing what uh, I'm going to call like a semi-building fund uh, program. Um, we had to do quite a, a bit of work on our AC systems on our roof. We had a big leak over here. Got another one in the back. And um, this building's about 15 years old. Um, I thank God for it. Can I have an amen? 
Oh, wow, that was sad. I mean, I, I, got, I, got, I got an amen from, from a guest more than anybody else. My God in heaven. Thank God for this building. Can I have an amen? Is it the building I wish I had? No. My house ain't the house I wish I had. I want something better. We all do. But it is the house I have, and it's the house I'm thankful for until I get something else. Who in here knows this is the truth? If you're not thankful for what you have, you'll never walk in anything new. You won't. God won't give you something new. You don't have a good heart. You don't have, you don't have a thankful heart. It might not be good. It might not be the best. It might not be what you want. That's not what I want. You know what? There's a lot of things in life I don't have that I want. But Paul said, I know how to be content in all things. See, that's a whole different charge, uh, matter there. But we've also got, so one of the parts that we're still, and the, the biggest bulk of what we need uh, money for is what um, Elder Greg calls it the poop fund. We're not calling it that. Can I have an amen? But it's the septic systems that are about 15 years old. Again, I'll, I'll tell the story. When we moved into this building 11 years ago, oh no, when was that? No, no, this building's almost 20 years old. Four, five, yeah, probably 19, 20. So we've been here 11 years. When we moved in, the pump system had not ever been installed. And so we... Whatever, just bought it from, I don't know what it's called. Anyway, it dumps into one place and it shoots it somewhere else. And, um, but it had never been done. In fact, actually the original plumber, somehow we got in touch with him, Pastor Kristen, and we, he still had the original pumps, still wrapped in all the plastic and oil and stuff. So he installed them. Well, 10, 11 years of use, uh, they need to be replaced. And that's about 50 $500, I think. Um, poop's expensive. Can I have an amen? You know? So, uh, but who in here knows that as long as this is leaving us, we're thankful. When it starts backing up, we're going to find some way to fix this. We're moving. Uh, so anyway, so uh, we're raising money. And um, that's actually, actually, we took most of the money that has come in thus far to take care of all the others so that we can, uh, you know, that is still working, thank God, but it has to be fixed. Because when it break, I don't know what we're doing, but I ain't climbing in that thing and fixing it. Can I have an amen? I'll, I'll borrow money if I have to. If, they, if some plumber looks at me and says, you got to climb in there, I'm like, we're closing down right now. <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. We ain't doing that. So anyway, so if you can give towards that, we bless you. We thank you. Uh, we still need probably $4,800, $4,900. I mean, out of that 55, because again, we use... The other parts for the building, the plumb, uh, not plumbing, the fire systems, uh, we've had to do things to make the county happy. And so anyway, so, so as we get ready to give, so hold your offering in your hand. And as we get ready to give, Father, we thank you so much right now for the ability to sow into the kingdom. Thank you, Father, right now that your word is true and that you give not only seed to the sower, but bread to the eater. And that, Father, we can give into your kingdom and that you bring a harvest. Thank you right now, Father, that as we give, I believe that, Father, you meet every need of every member of this church, not only in-house, but online, that you are supernaturally working in their life, and that in Jesus' name, no matter what day we live in or what adversity we live in, you are our source, and you alone. And everybody say amen to that. And Father, for our church, we thank you that you meet every need. We just say by faith that this building is paid for. We say by faith, Father, that all those needs are met, that you bring in more than $15,000 a week, Thank God for those who pray for 25,000 in Jesus' name. Um, but Father, we know that that would be more than we need at the moment, but we do want to do more, not only in missions, but in reaching people here. So Father, we thank you that you always bring in more than enough. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. God bless you as you give. If you have a cash or an envelope, you can feel free to bring that up.
That's the most people walking up I've seen in a while. I figured everybody had gone to the Dave Ramsey Cashless Society. Can I have an amen? I, me and Molly joke about that because she works for Dave Ramsey now. I read a thing the other day and it said, you know that you're a, how did it say it? It said, you know that you're a current church if nobody comes up, no, the only people that come up and give in the offering are the Dave Ramsey fanatics because they use cash. Okay, y'all didn't think that was funny, so we'll move right on. Can I have an amen? Matthew chapter five, we're gonna preach for a few minutes today of continuing our series on the cities of light, a city set on a hill. Um, I'm not gonna preach all the last couple weeks again. Um, Matthew chapter five, verse 13. This is a family Sunday too, so uh, hopefully we don't, uh, we've got some of our younger kids in here. We don't wanna stay too long for them. Um, and thank God we want to beat the Baptists to the restaurant. Can I have an amen? And the Presbyterian and the Methodists and the Lutherans. Well, y'all aren't hungry either, so I'm preaching for four hours. Can I have an amen? Okay, y'all didn't get... Verse 13 says, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing to be thrown out, trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp, put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand. And he gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And everybody say amen. amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the reading of the word. Thank you, Father, for your spirit. Father, I ask you right now that our eyes see and our ears hear and our hearts would know specifically a rhema word from you today. So that we, we may uh, not only be closer to you in relationship, but we can also have strength for this journey and also um, an utterance to speak in the day of adversity. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. amen. Now we're looking at being a city on a hill. Uh, a couple things to you know, think about. It said here, let your light so shine. Now we talked about last week about the cities of refuge. I've always loved the teaching on that. I've always, I mean, I, and I've never told them, I've always loved studying it. So the cities of refuge, we're not gonna go through all that real uh, long, but if you want a scriptural reference for it, it is in Numbers 35, nine through 28, and Joshua chapter 20, verse seven and eight. So there were six cities in uh, the days of the Israelites, and in those cities, if you had accidentally killed someone, manslaughter, no intent, you're dropping a tree, and the ax head flies off and hits somebody in the head, this is for that. You're, uh, you've got a cart and a wagon and an ox and it goes wild and tramples a small child, this is for that. So this is without desires. Now, if you are a murderer, we just gonna kill you. Can I have an amen? That was judgment. But if there was something like this. Now, their system called for an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Again, I always wanna point out that was not a, a harshness, it was an equity thing. In other words, if you lose a cow, it's not right for me to kill your son because I accidentally killed your cow. It's right for me to give you a cow. It's an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. There's equity in that. Has everybody got that? Say amen. I always wanna point that out because I grew up thinking that God in the Old Testament was nothing but a mean, dogged, judgmental, harsh, because it's an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And I mean, no, it had nothing to do with that judgment. It had to do with, if you, if you want to, fairness, one to another. If I burn your house down, you don't have the right to blow up my family and kill everybody in my family. You might have a right for me to pay for your house to be built. 
You may even have a right to burn my house down but it doesn't go beyond that. Has everybody got that? So in this place with the man, uh, somebody who has a manslaughter, they, there was a place where there were these six cities. If you could get in that city, you were safe until the high priest died. Now those six cities were, and I got this from Ben. This blessed me so much. There's, there were six cities. This is in Joshua chapter seven. They were Kadesh, Shechem, and Hebron. Now these were all three mountain cities. These were cities on the mountains, ranges of Israel, visible from far off. If you read this in Numbers, the roads to those cities were wider so that you could get to it. And then there were three, what they're considered tableland. So these here are more like on the plains, the tableland. They were Bezer, Ramoth, and Golan. Now, um, the thing that is about funny about all, all six of them is they were visible from almost every area. So no matter where you were in Israel, you could see some, one, something of one of these cities. So that if you're in trouble, that light that shines on a hill, that city, you could see where to go. Because who in here knows we need light? And who in here knows this is a great illustration of Christ and forgiveness and of redemption? That if you are falsely accused, now who in here knows before God, we none of us falsely accused. We all guilty. Can I have an amen? But if we can get to that city where mercy can be applied, we can receive mercy and grace in a time of need. Now, again, we're talking about cities. Now, and I want to make this very personal to everybody today. Here's something about that city. I, I think it's one of the most neatest things. I, I, I threw this out too. Uh, what am I doing with these? Let's do this. So today is June 4th. What day was D-Day? History people? Okay, I got three history people and four wannabes and nobody else cares. June 6th, greatest military invasion known to man on this earth took place. There were more ships, more planes, more men, more everything that has ever assembled to fight ever before. Uh, I, I watched a thing uh, just recently about FDR, talking about how he got that going, how they had to work for it. In fact, that happened in 1944. They were wanting American troops on Paris soil in World War II as early as 42. And you hear people say this, and I think it's funny. I think, well, we ought to just send some people. What they forget is all the food, all the ammunition, all the radio, uh, uh, communications. You gotta have all this stuff. You don't just pick up and send 100,000 men over there with nothing. That's called stupidity. Amen. So you got to have resources. You got to have bases. And if you don't have those supply lines, in fact, the easiest way to destroy an army, destroy their communications, destroy their supply, just wait them out. They'll give up. So they, it, it took, they actually, in 43, they had a meeting and they said, when can y'all send? And this guy named General Marshall, he said, oh, it's going to be at least a year. Because I mean, we're talking about hundreds of thousands now, here's one of the reasons why America did so well in World War II, if you ever study it out. Who in here knows that, in fact, in World War II, if you were 17, 18, and you didn't volunteer, you were considered a coward and an outcast. Who's ever heard of Jimmy Stewart, the, the actor? You know, uh, I always played a lot of good westerns, played that movie Harvey. I love that movie Harvey about the invisible rabbit. That movie cracks me up. And uh, he actually, I forget, his, his great-grandfather or something fought in the Civil War, his grandfather fought in the Spanish-American War, this one fought in the you know, War of, you know, it's, it's like everybody, almost all the men in his family had fought for America. And he was determined he was gonna fight in America. Now, he was a movie star. 
And the movie studios had the ability to argue with the government to get him out. So what some actors did was they went into army relations. So they did promotional films and they would tour the bases and then sell war bonds. Jimmy Stewart told him, no, I'm going into combat. Before World War II ever started, he actually made sure he had his pilot's license. He actually made sure he had a bunch of training because he was old. He was too old. He wasn't an 18, 22-year-old kid in World War II. He was like in his 30s. And so he asked him. He fought. He, he had to fight to actually get sent overseas. And then he had to fight to actually be served, fly a plane. And he did it all the time. He never asked for anything else. And the, the whole thing was, he did his part. And they say most of the, the guys who, when they first met him, didn't like him. He's a movie star. He's a pretty boy. He's going to get everything he wants. And then they realized he was a regular guy, put his pants on like everybody else, and never asked for anything special. And in fact, actually begged to go on. He always took the hardest missions. And the thing that made America so great, now every nation tries to do it, but who in here knows when you're at home, you ain't got to make no sacrifice. You don't have to get up early in the morning and do roll call. You don't have to do KP. You can do anything you want to when you're home. No, we don't know anything about sacrifice right now in America. Back in World War II, there were ration books. You could only buy so much meat. Who's ever heard of Meatless Tuesday? You know why that came? Because we didn't have enough meat. You know why we didn't have enough meat? Because we sent them to overseas to feed soldiers. You could only buy so much sugar. I even heard a preacher say one time back in the World War II, you had a ration book for gas. Now, this would kill me. This here would just wear me out. Because, buddy, I, I, since, since April the 26th, 1982, I've had a driver's license and the power to be free. Can I have an amen? I love my car. I love being able to go somewhere. Love, I, you know, I, I, I had a ration book. They had an A book, a B book, and a C book. The A book gave you more gas than a C book. And this pastor was a pastor, so he had an A book. So people who had to do a lot of driving because of their job, they got more grace in it or more points. So he had an A book. Well, the Lord told him to become an evangelist and preach from church to church. Well, the U.S. government doesn't recognize an evangelist from Ephesians chapter 4. Who in here knows the U.S. government doesn't know much sometimes? Can I have an amen? That is a gift to the body of Christ and just as important as a pastor. But as, a, as an evangelist, he got a C book. He couldn't actually afford to buy, he could not buy the gas to go travel, so he had to take buses. Or the pastors would have to drive him and hopscotch him. Everybody sacrificed. Everybody gave him something. They had tenfold drives. Could you imagine, who remembers Juicy Fruit Bubblegum with the little tenfold wrapper that we all used to wrap around our pinky and make little cups and then drink out of it and then spill it everywhere? Can I have an amen? Am I the only one who did that? That's what me and my sister did every time we had Juicy Fruit Gum. We made these little drink cups and we would act like we were little kings and princesses and you know, you know. And it will hold water for a little bit or, or whatever you drink. Kool-Aid was what we drank because uh, we couldn't afford Coke. Okay, so we had Kool-Aid and so we drink. And so here we are. They would save that tenfold. They had lead drives, metal drives, bacon grease. Did you know that? World War II, they did not want you to cook with or throw away bacon grease because the glycerin in bacon grease can be used for explosives. Yeah, look it up. They don't want you to cook with it. They don't want you to waste it because we need everything we can get. Everybody has to do their part. Everybody has to be a giver. Everybody has to have some sacrifice. Who's ever heard the phrase when we talk on Memorial Day? Some gave all. I mean, all gave some, but some gave all. 
In other words, that you know, everybody can do something, but some gave the ultimate sacrifice. Now here's the part about this city of refuge. Now I'm just wanting to paint that picture. Everybody has a part in that city. And I, and I honestly wonder, this is my biggest wonder, if we as a nation ever went to World War II, I'm not trying to pick on, but would our younger group, or heck, even my age, would we really sacrifice? I mean, you can only get six rolls of toilet paper a week. Well, my Lord, let's just raid the Capitol for that. Can I have an amen? I mean, you can only get two pounds of hamburger meat a week. Buddy, I like meat. I am not a vegetable guy. Somebody says, why are you not a vegetable guy? Because the Bible says, I'm not a vegetarian. Nothing to get, if you want to be a vegetarian, be a vegetarian. But I can prove that the Bible says you don't have to be a vegetarian when it says that we can eat meat. And it does say we can eat meat and that meat should be received with thanksgiving. It didn't say salads. Praise God Almighty. Can I have an amen? <laughs> if it had said salads, I think that might be the devil right there. I mean, I just don't think the word of God would say salads. Not in my life. So, in this sacrifice, everybody has to take a part. Everybody has to do something. And I really wonder, in this day, would we all make that sacrifice? I mean, could you imagine not being able to go see your kids? Because you ain't got gas. I remember, I forgot whose birthday it was. One of our kids was having a birthday, and we had a big party down here. So, um, my family's a little more spread out. Lisa's all in Greenville. That's about three hours away. So all her family was coming down here. And some hurricane hit Louisiana, messed up all the oil refineries, like Sunday, Monday of the week before the party. Well, by Wednesday, the refineries that were pumping out gas, they're all gone. And, and many everybody's running out of gas. So what do y'all do? What do we all do when we hear gas is short? We fill every car we got up. We fill up gallon jugs. When we were at the beach uh, a couple years ago and there was a big hurricane, shut out all the gas. You couldn't buy gas anywhere in Myrtle Beach. And I honestly didn't know. In fact, we had to change our plans because I couldn't get gas to come home. Now, we were suffering for the Lord at the beach. So that was easy to just go ahead and say, tell Chris Hamby, you're, you're preaching this week. I've got to just stay here and rest unto Jesus because I can't get back home. But I was supposed to come home and him preach. And I was preaching, and then he'd preach next week. So we flopped it. Well, I mean, that, I saw on, on video and picture, there were people putting gasoline in grocery store Kroger plastic bags. Let's just hope they weren't a smoker. Can I have an amen? Lighten up, just having one camel for the road. <laughs> but putting it in, you know, you know those little plastic crates, those storage crates? I saw pictures of that. People putting gas in that, and then putting that in the back of their car. But I'm the same way. I've got jugs. I've got, I've got approved gasoline containers. They're always full. Now, I don't have any for diesel. My truck runs diesel. This has begun to grieve my heart. Can I have an amen? Because if something happened to diesel, what am I going to do? I got to, you know, so, you know. But everybody has a part. Now, in these six cities, it was that city's job to defend that person who came in there for sanctuary. It was every man, every woman, every child's job to fight, if necessary, the accuser that would come to kill them. Now, again, I have a friend from, uh, from, uh, from Kenya, Africa. We were talking about racism. Y'all heard me tell this many times, but it, it always shocks me. And we were talking about racism in America. And this is in the 90s. 
And he looked at me and he's got that great, you know, British kind of Kenyan accent. And he goes, Chris, he goes, America is not racist. I said, we are too. Like, like I'm proud of the fact, I was defending, we are too. He goes, no, you're not. And I said, well, why are you different? He goes, in my country? And he stopped, he goes, and we're all black. He said, we will kill you, your parents, your children, every relationship we can find if we need to. He said, y'all don't do that. I said, well, why would y'all do that? He said, marry outside the family. Do something to, from one tribe to another. He said, one tribe, in fact, he stopped. He goes, I'll tell you the biggest issue I have as a pastor when I'm at home. He says, when I have one person of one tribe, marry another person of another tribe, he said, you have no idea the hatred between those Christian families tribe to tribe. And he would always stop and he goes, and we're all black. Now who in here knows we ought not live that way as Christians and everybody say amen. amen. But he would make those comments. He would, and it actually brought some perspective to my life that Satan works all around the globe in the same way all the time and we ain't nothing special when we think we are. But that whole town would have to fight. So in that case, I've got another friend. They were missionaries to this little island out in South Pacific. And he said, he's standing by this tree one day and all of a sudden he said, he said, it's like out of a cowboy movie. An arrow hit the tree. And this family was mad at this family and had not only gotten their family, but all the cousins and all the, you know, everybody all riled up. And they just started having a war with this family. So the Christians in that area got the missionaries out of there, but he says, it really got close. He said, we almost died. But in these six towns, every man, woman, boy, and girl were supposed to fight to defend somebody. Here's something amazing. They don't even know them. That person just runs into town and says, listen, I, I, was, I was dropping a tree. The ax had flung off and killed this guy's kid. I didn't mean to. I didn't have any ill will. It was a complete accident. But him and his daddy and his uncle Bob and, and then three of his cousins, they're hot on my trail and they're going to kill me. That whole town was required by Judaic law to defend him to death if necessary. That was, that was the call for these six cities. And these six cities, guess what? These were religious cities. These were church cities. These were, in a sense, temple cities. And as long as that high priest remained, they would actually have a trial. And, the, and the, the high priest would have to judge it. But again, here's my point. Everyone in that city had a job to do to defend that person they didn't even know. Now, I don't know about you, that just amazes me that God would require that out of somebody. But it really doesn't once I start thinking about it because he requires stuff out of us all the time. Who's ever done anything for somebody you didn't know? One night, me and Lisa were at Burlington Coke Factory. This is back in the suit and tie days of Chris Vaughn. I now have grown to the extended shirt look and cowboy boot. Can I have an amen? I don't know what it'll be in 20 years, but whatever she says it is, that's what it'll be. Can I have an amen? <laughs> whatever her and my girls have told me to wear, they finally looked at me and said, Daddy, you've got to quit wearing suits and ties. Coming to the 90s. I said, that's what we wore in the 90s. We'll come in the 2000s. So we go into Burlington Coat Factory, and I was dressed, I had been doing yard work, so I was kind of dressed kind of, you know, just uh, work boots and old jeans and a shirt. And so we're looking at stuff, and she's got good taste, and whatever she likes is what I like. I mean, it don't matter to me. Am, am I right? I don't care. I really don't. There's certain things I like. If you like it, oh, we're good. So we're looking at stuff. She's telling me, you know, this and that. Now, some things, if I don't like it, I don't like it. 
Let's all say that together. He don't like it. Can I have an amen? <laughs> and I don't care. I'm probably going to wear it once to make you happy, and I ain't ever wearing it again. And so I do have that. So anyways, we're leaving. There's these three young girls, got a flat tire. And they're on an angle with that little scissor jack. And she looked at me, and I, I said, man, I said, bless her heart. Well, every time I see somebody like that, I think about my two daughters. I want somebody good to bless my two daughters. So I said, so we looked at each other, I said, well, give me, I said, let me change this tire for these girls. And here's the reason why I thank God I did, because I actually had my leg underneath the car, underneath the rim where they had jacked it up, and something told me to pull it back. And I waited, and about that time, the whole car falls off the jack, which would have probably either cut or you know, crushed my ankle. And my opinion is, those three girls, it's gonna sound like I'm being derogatory. I'm not, please, I'm not. Those were three girls. They had not had a clue on how to change a tire. They needed a good daddy to make them change a tire. My daughters were made to change a tire. A good tire that did not need to be changed had to be changed, taken off, and put back on. Why? So they would know how to do it. Amen? But they didn't. And I sat there and I did it. Somebody said, why'd you do it? They needed help. That's the only reason why. I looked at it too with seed to sow because I know I'm going to reap. And I want my kids to grow up and be good and I want them to be blessed so I'm going to take care of somebody else's kid. I've done that all my life. I know that God's faithful. He's taking care of my kids and he's going to continue to take care of my kids. And I do it now because I got grandbabies and I got one on the way. Can I have an amen? And we're going to take care of them grandbabies because we love the grandbabies more than the kids. Can I have an amen? Just teasing. A little. Um, but now I want to challenge you when it comes to you. Let your light so shine before men. Now see, the problem is, um, just throw this out. Who remembers after, after 2020 and, uh, okay, I'm good. Who remembers after um, the pandemic, all the restaurants closed? Well, you know, who would agree that service in a restaurant is not as good as it used to be? Which is one of the reasons why I eat at Chick-fil-A all the time. At least it's better than most. They're usually better service. Now, I love Jesus' chicken. Can I have an amen? And, 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 and Scott Moore wants to remind everybody that next Sunday, all fathers eat free at Chick-fil-A. Next Sunday, it's free. They ain't open, but you can eat free. But anyway, I actually almost fell for that. And so, uh, uh, but, but I mean, I don't know how many places I've stopped. I mean, this, I'm talking 2022, late 2022. We were driving somewhere up North Georgia somewhere, and I saw, and so I grew up, where I grew up outside of Charlotte, Bojangles was big. Back when Bojangles was good, Bojangles chicken. It ain't good now, in my opinion. It's not spicy, you know. That chicken had some kick to it. I mean, it had some good kick. And I don't like light kick. If you're gonna kick me, kick me hard. Can I have an amen? I mean, I want some kick. And so now I'm putting Texas Pete all over and stuff. And, you know. and so we stopped, and I was like, okay, let's go Bojangles. Because here's the way you eat Bojangles. You get that filet biscuit, and you put about 22 packets of Texas Pete hot sauce on every bite. That's the way I like Texas. I mean, that's why I like it. Every, every bite's got to have just drenched in Texas Pete. And if they had something hotter than Texas Pete there, I'd do that. And I'm, I'm ready. Now, I don't eat that all the time, but I'm ready. I'm going to get my biscuit. I'm going to sop it up. With, you know, who in here knows sop is a good southern word? <laughs> I'm going to sop it up, you know, with all that. I'm ready. We go up, and there's cars. And so we get out of the truck. We walk over, pull on the door. Locked. 
This is like four in the afternoon. I was like, what's the deal? I looked at the sign and it said closed due to labor shortage, which means they had just enough to work inside. I got so mad. I mean, just almost at the, at the, at the, at the problem with it. And who in here knows that a lot of people got used to not having to work and getting paid for not working, so they didn't work. And we can gripe about it, but I gotta be honest. When it's there, why not? I mean, I don't mean that wrong. I've got, I even got a friend. She, during COVID, she got fired or laid off something, but she was getting something. She actually made like three, $400 a week more not working than had she worked. She was like, it's the greatest vacation I've ever had. She says, I can't go in here and do anything, but I'm enjoying it. Now, that has carried over, so a lot of places don't have enough people. And it was funny, as you drive up to that restaurant, it's got the building, it's got the chairs, it's got the AC system, it's got the gas stove, it's got the plumbing system, it's got the electrical system, it's got that $4 billion hood vent over the grill. If you ever look at buying one of them things for a church, that is unreal, that's way expensive. I mean, they're like forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 for a good, it's got all this stuff, but they can't help you, why? And you got no people. And Ephesians chapter four, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says that God has put members in the church particular, everyone to supply a joint, everyone to do a part, everyone to be involved. Now, I got a friend years ago, and I used to ask him, he came here, and I'd say something, I'd say, man, well, I want you to be involved. I said, get involved. <sighs> this is what he'd tell me. I used to just want to slap him. Well, I just don't think it's my ministry to do that. Well, I'm like, after about 32 things, what is your ministry to do? Be a wart in the kingdom? <laughs> What's funny was he went to another church, and better, he got all involved. I found out the reason was we didn't have any good-looking girls his age to get involved with. And that additive really inspired him to get involved in ministry that one-on-one -on -one evangelism, can I have an amen? The ministry of hands and the ministry of tongues in the future with them. Can I have an amen? Everybody got that, okay. That's what he was thinking. I get that. He was a young kid, young guy. But what was bad was everything needs help. Now see, the, but the Bible says to let your light so shine before men. I'm gonna close with this. Years ago when I was pastoring in Charlotte, um, I mean, I'm a kid preacher, and uh, we're doing the best we can. I had this guy, and he was an installer for cell phones. Great guy, I loved him. Great, great guitarist, too. And buddy, you could tell he was that 80s guitarist look. Had the kind of mullet thing going, you know, he was good, good guy. And I'm gonna tell you right now, he did more business on the side installed. Remember when you had to have your cell phone installed in the car and it was on that mount in the center of the car and you felt like you was somebody? Because as people drove by, you, they could see your little telephone antenna on the back and you don't have just a radio antenna. You got that little point with the circle. Telephone antenna. And we would just drive by and go, I wish I had a telephone in my car that charged me $7.45 a minute just so I could talk to my mama for about nothing, which means when you got the phone, you didn't talk to anybody. Get off my phone. That costs $2 a minute. We ain't talking to them. Amen. One time, one time somebody broke down in front of us. Lisa goes, give him your phone so we can make a call. I'm like, we're a Roman area. 
I don't care about helping him. She goes, help him. I gave him my phone. $30 it cost me to help this drunk guy who just drove into a ditch. After I thought about that, he needed the $30. He needed some help. It's a good guy, but anyway. So this guy, and I got to tell you, he was the best. So he, he, he did a lot of side jobs. So at work, he couldn't preach and witness and stuff, but on his side jobs, and I mean, he would do three, four installs every Saturday. And this is back when cell phones were just getting big in cars. You know, he had to run it down. And he did a, he was great at it too. Man, he invited more people to church than anybody I ever had in my life. I mean, at least once a month, if not two to three times a month, I'd have somebody show up and stand in the back. And the way our church was, if I'm standing pulpit church back door, main entrance was back this way. I'd see him walk in if church had started. Now, if I'm back there, I'd walk in. And then always... And we weren't a big congregation. We were smaller than this, really, at that time. And they'd, they'd, they'd be looking. And this is probably about a year after I took over, so they'd be looking. And I'd walk over and say, can I help you? Yeah, I, I, I'm looking for him. I'll just say D. I'm looking for D. And, uh, you know, I, I met him and he invited us to church. Nice guy. I mean, I'm, you know, he invited us to church. We wanted to come visit. We wanted to be a part. But I, but I don't see him. And I'm like, well, dear Lord, there ain't that many people in here. I don't know why you're looking so much. But I say, well, he was the slackest church attender I ever saw. I don't know how many times I had to sit there and I always, I always try to be gracious for people. I know people have busy lives. I know that's why I, mean, I don't talk to people. And I said, well, I don't know. I said, you know, he might be coming in a little bit later or something, you know. So they'd sit down, not with anybody, just sit there by themselves. Almost never. Sometimes they'd come back again, looking for D, never seen. Who in here knows if it ain't important enough for you to attend something you're selling? It don't matter much to anybody else. I'll throw this out. I learned this from Zig Ziglar. This is true. If you sell Ford cars, you know what kind of car you ought to drive? Ford. If you sell Tupperware, you know what kind of plasticware you need to use? Not Rubbermaid. Tupperware. Because the only thing that you really truly believe is what you do. So don't tell me your church is great and you never show up. And what's funny is those people would look and sometimes they'd come back a couple times or whatever, but they'd always look for D. Never saw him. And I got to give him grace. He, he was going through some hard times of his own making. And had he had some disciplines in his life, it would have happened. Here's what I want to challenge you on. What are you called to do? And are you doing your part? Every joint supplies, Ephesians 4 says. And when it comes into ministry and stuff, um, yeah, I think it's funny. Um, I pastor this church and I thank God for it and I love y'all and but I'm sometimes as unhappy with everything as I can be. I want more. I want a worship leader who's here every week. I want better ushers, better greeters. I want happy people in every position. I want to have four or five. Uh, yeah, I'd love to have two services. I'd love to do three services. I'd love to have an eight o'clock, nine thirty, uh, and then an eleven. Have to have to really push it to an hour every service and try to maintain that every hour, just because you got to get them in and get them out have about this many people parking lot attendants just to get them in and get them out. Yeah. Tell all the rental churches we got, you're out, you're out of here. We got to have the space. I want that. I want to minister to people, help hurting people, bless people. Can I have an amen? Yeah. I think it's funny somebody says, well, you know, we, I, 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 I'm not, I'm <laughs> 35 years of this, you hear stuff like this. I'm just not content with what I'm seeing in the church. <laughs> well, tell me something I don't know. Help me here, sister, brother, help me. 
but I'm doing my part. I yesterday had a conversation with somebody in my neighborhood because of the pool, and they got asking me about how to address something, and I said, well, you just have to do it. But I just don't feel comfortable doing that. I just, I just don't wanna, should I really do that? I said, I don't wanna do it either. I said, but I'm the president. It's my job, I have to do it. It's a stewardship issue for me. I said, but here's the choice. Don't, and enough people don't. This is where I said it. I said, our whole neighborhood goes to hell in a handbasket, we might as well just close it down. I said, and I'll vote for it too. Oh, I, I didn't mean that. I said, well, I do. I said, because either everybody's gonna do their part and help make it great, or nobody's gonna be involved and it's gonna fall apart. I said, that's the only two options you got. I said, everybody does something or it's gonna fall apart. I said, because I promise you, I ain't dragging it by myself. <laughs> I said, we'll just close the pool up. Oh dear God, you'd have thought Jesus had just fallen off the cross. Amen. Close the pool, oh my Lord. I, I might even move if we close the pool. Move. But see, everybody's gotta do, everybody's gotta do something to do. And I want to challenge you, find out what that is. And don't ever discount it. Don't ever discount it. Because you don't know where it touches somebody. I, I really don't. I don't think I do anything sometimes. I mean, I mean, sometimes. I mean, I'm just like thinking, I'm like, dear God, I hope somebody got something out of this today. And I'll get an email from somebody online. I remember one time I was going through a hard time and I just, just you know, I was just like, God, is, there, is, there, is anybody catching anything is there any point in what I'm doing? Maybe I should just go sell cars. And I'm in a Chick-fil-A. Jesus' chicken, can I have a name? It was on a Sunday afternoon. No, what? Okay. And this guy walked up and he says, you're Chris Vaughn, ain't you? I said, well, I am, but I don't know you. He says, well, he says, I met you one time at a church service. He said, I was lost and I came in and I heard you preach and I got saved that night. He said, my life ain't ever been the same. I took a picture of him every now and then it pops up on Facebook. I look at it every time. I mean, it just humbles me, it blesses me. Don't ever discount what God has given you to do. Because who in here knows that after the Great Wall of China was built, it only took 100 years for the armies, the foreign armies to break in. Did you know that? And capture the Mongols to capture China. Do you know that? You know how they did it? They bribed the gatekeeper to open it up. They didn't even have to fight through the wall. Everybody counts, even the gatekeeper. So don't you ever let Satan tell you what you do ain't important. You have no idea how important it is to be an usher, a greeter, a welcomer, to be on time. He got quiet in the house of God, on time. Or to be there. I learned this years ago. I had somebody ask me one time and I stole it from a pastor. Pastor Chris, I just want to know what I can do to help the church grow. I said, show up every Sunday. Amen. And I knew their life. They weren't showing up every Sunday because there's always something to do. But when they came to church, they wanted the show. I just don't know why things aren't going on more because you ain't here every Sunday. You ain't helping. Can I have an amen? amen. But see, in, in a city of the, of the refuge, it was everybody's job to defend that person they did not know. In this church, it is everybody's job to reach out to the person we do not know. Amen. It's everybody's job. Yeah. And you never know. The person you reach out to may be the one who has the key to your answer yeah. or the key to your child's answer. Could be the next person who gives you a raise in life. There, everybody got that? You never know where the hand of God will take you. I went and preached a conference one time. I didn't even want to go. 
I was mad at the guy who had pre- I'd preached for before. But the Lord told me to go. I was so ticked off. I said, this is going to be the most worthless conference in my life. And I was the main speaker. You thought I'd been happy. I was driving up to Pennsylvania. I, I was so aggravated. And I went up there and finally about halfway, I got my heart right. And I said, God, I said, I'm, this attitude ain't right. I repent. I said, just help me be a blessing. Help me minister to people. Help me be a light. It just, I got to be honest. That was probably one of the best meetings I ever preached. And I preached in a building that was 200 years old with no air conditioning and no PA and they were having a heat wave. So I'm having to be full-blown preacher. You know, kind of just screaming it out and getting it out there because there's no PA. I thought, dear Lord, this is worth... I had more invitations as a guest speaker off that one, two, two and a half day event than I ever did in my life just because I showed up. And I started not to. I started calling cancel. But I don't have anywhere else to go, so why not go? Can I have an amen? <laughs> many, <laughs> many of the folks of the righteous, but Lord loves us all if we just show up. So I'll challenge you. Find out what you're called to do in life. And if you don't know, just keep doing what you're doing. But do something. And don't make it too big. I had somebody tell me the other day, and they said, well, I don't know what I'm called to do. They said, but I love to make people laugh. I said, well, I do too. I said, I do feel called to that. I do feel a calling to bring joy to people as much as I can because life's hard. It's too short. Can I have an amen? Amen. Father, we bow our heads and we thank you right now for your goodness in our life. We ask you, Father, right now that you would minister to our life and to our hearts and speak to us what part of the city we're supposed to be in. Father, we don't want anybody to ever knock on the door, not of this church, not of our family, not of our life and find that there's equipment in the building, but there's no one at the table. Father, we know that the fields are wide unto harvest, but the laborers are few. It's not an issue of the harvest. It's not an issue of whether there's something to harvest. It's an issue of whether or not we've made ourselves available to you. So Father, reveal to us even greater in this day that we live in of of, of the value that we bring to the kingdom. And help us never diminish that value. It may seem little to us, but it's big to you. And so, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Right now, if there's anybody who'd say, Pastor Chris, I don't know the Lord like I should. I'm not walking with Jesus like I should. But I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If that's you, hold your hand up. Anybody at all. Anybody at all. And don't be afraid and don't be hesitant. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody who'd say, Pastor Chris, I'm not where I should be. I am born again. I've made Jesus Lord of my life, but I'm not walking with him like I should be. Now, you may be online. If you're online, please send us an email at info at Grace Summit Church. But if you'd say, Pastor Chris, I'm not walking where I should be. I don't have the relationship with Jesus like I should. If that's you, hold your hand up. We want to pray for you. Anybody at all? Okay, okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Everybody pray this with me. If you're online, pray it out loud to yourself. But pray it and say it so much. You don't have to pray it real, real loud, but make sure you can hear it with your own, with your own um, heart and your own life. Say, pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The psalmist said, marvelous are your works. And I thank you right now that you have placed me on this earth for such a time as this. I ask you right now, Father, to restore my life, to refresh in my life, because I believe that Jesus is Lord 
and I submit to his lordship. I submit to his goodness. I submit to his uh, direction. And I will follow him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And I ask you, Father, show me your unique plan for my life so that I may walk in it, so that I may be abundantly, exceedingly, overcomingly fruitful in reaching others with your love and your forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, Father, if I don't know what to do, I'll do what I know and ask you to direct me. And if I'm wrong, correct me and get me on the path. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. Now I'm gonna throw this out to you. Uh, I mean this, I'm, gonna, um, I'm just prompting my heart. If, if you're not doing something here at the church, do something. We need you. That's all I'm gonna say, we need you. Every Sunday, not every fourth week, not every 16th month. But on the other side, if you're doing something, don't ever take condemnation by it. I mean, you know, you, you gotta have faith and confidence that God's blessing you. So this is kind of a, a, a reminder uh, that God's blessing you and God, and God has great things and God wants to do great things. I've always remembered John Hagee. Watching, who's ever heard of John Hagee? Great church, great ministry. They looked at this guy, looked at him. He said, boy, John, you built a great church. He goes, stop. He goes, I didn't build a church. He said, my church built a church. He said, it took everybody being on board to build that church. He says, now I had to lead it. He says, I give you that. He said, but it took a whole lot more than just me making that church grow. And I thought, what an honorable man. He could have sat there and said, oh, praise the Lord. I heard from God and God just moved. And I've heard guys do that. It's just the move of God. But just basically looking at it, God loves me more than he loves you. And God is moving in my life and your life is horrible. If you'll buy this set of tapes for $149, it can tell you how to make your life better. Okay. And I've been to that conference. And I thank God for John Hagen because I thought it was a much more honorable honest answer. Now, I want to encourage you, so, uh, so, so um, I, I don't mean that for any condemnation, but I do mean this. Thank you for your involvement. Thank you for your involvement. If, if you do anything here, thank you for what you do. Um, and again, you have no idea how much it ministers to others. I'll throw this out to you. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but hey, you never, you never appreciate what you do. I don't, but other people do. So don't disvalue it. Just because it seems common to you, it is usually uncommon to others. So don't disvalue it. Can I have it? Am, am I right? Most people do. Most people do not value who they are and what they do. I don't. I really don't sometimes. People say, well, that was great. I go home and like, dear God, that was the worst sermon I ever preached in my life. I don't even know how you worked today. That was sorry. I studied 10 hours. I didn't get enough. I, I, if I was a partner with my ministry, I'd just quit right now. I'd send in a letter to Brother Vaughn. Brother Vaughn, I ain't ever watching you again. And then people come, oh, God, this must be in my life. Oh, no. And I'm like, Shh, you must have been desperate for that to touch you. But who in here knows I can't judge myself? And I shouldn't. Because Jesus don't even judge me either. He's forgiven me. Amen. Hey, I want to encourage you to join us Wednesday night at 730 for our online. The women had their first Saturday um, women's meeting yesterday, so it'll be coming up again next week. We had a great turnout, great time. Um, so any, I encourage you. Um, Pastor Lisa's going to have it every month. So she actually thought about not having it in July. She says, no, nah, I said I'm going to have it every month, so we're, they're going to have it next month. I know it's like three days or two days before July 4th, but you ain't doing anything anyway. Can I have it anyway? You know, it's in the morning. I mean, it's in the morning. Oh, uh, yeah, we need to pull that one from this, but uh, our Bible study, is, which is about halfway, 
uh, is the book of Revelation and end times. It's fun, it's exciting. Um, it's amazing to see that the Bible is right and was right hundreds if not thousands of years ago on certain topics and, and all the events that are in prophetic form. So I um, want to encourage you to join us on that. Is there anything else? Oh yeah, Independence Day celebration. July 2nd, we'll have a banner going up in a little bit outside. Uh, this is our fireworks night. It starts at, I don't have my glasses on. Yeah, 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 8 p.m. Is that right? And fireworks will start, it says on there around 9.30. It'll probably start about 9.15 or something. Whenever it gets dark enough, uh, we'll have some food and stuff. I uh, want to encourage you to come, hang out, uh, fellowship, enjoy some fireworks. I will not be assisting the fireworks production because I believe a fast show is a better show and I shoot them too fast. I have been told repeatedly, so I will be a watcher. I have been put in my place and I'm humble to that. And at this point, I'd rather watch. So we not get blown up. Last year, they almost got blown up. So hey, that was fun to watch. I mean, you know, it's much more fun to watch someone else get blown up than to get blown up yourself. Amen. <laughs> that was my takeaway last year. So uh, anyway, join us for that. Everybody stand up with me. We bless you. We love you. If you see somebody that you don't know, please uh, welcome them, greet them. Um, and also, if you're a first, second, third time guest, please see me right outside the door. There's a table over there. We call it the info table. I, I'd like to uh, connect with you, give you a gift. Thank you for being with you. Put, put your hands out. Just feel pressed and do this. Father, may your grace shine upon us. Your face be upon us. May we know your mercy and your goodness. And Father, may we always walk in the position of life that you've called us. Whether great or small, Father, we know that doesn't matter. What matters is that we're faithful to you. And we hear when we go to heaven, well done, good and faithful servant. We thank you, Father, for every joint, for every part. But more than anything, we thank you, Father, for giving us Jesus, which holds us all together. In Jesus' name, amen.